You're listening to Denver Orbit, featuring voices. I'm going to give you an awkwardly long and uncomfortable list of reasons why you shouldn't shave outside. Stories. Now, he was very outspoken about the effects of of war on himself. The music from Colorado's creative community. Listen at DenverOrbit.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or most other podcast apps. The John of All Trades Podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. You have all made it through the To you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 205. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And on this week's show, I talk about a topic that not a lot of people want to discuss. That's right, we're tackling something that's a little bit culturally taboo. And one of the reasons is, my guest tells me that people think it's contagious. It's not contagious. But it might open up some feelings, some thoughts, some concerns that you're having about your own marriage. Today's topic is divorce. And I've got Joan Rogliano. She is the founder of the Wildflower Group. She is also the principal and creator of Rogliano Real Estate Group. And she herself has gone through divorce. Now, I'm blessed. I'm very fortunate that my marriage is in a very good place, very strong. You heard my wife on episode 200 of this show just a few weeks ago. And we're in a really good spot. That's not true of everyone. Divorce touches a large percentage of the population, yet we don't spend a ton of time talking about it. Why is that? Well, as Joan says, some people think it's contagious, and some people just want to heal the pain of someone who is going through one of the biggest emotional ringers that you could possibly go through. And that's why Joan started the Wildflower Group. Wildflower Group provides resources for divorced women. Not only socially, it's a place to come meet other people going through a similar thing as you and get some emotional support that way, but provides practical tools. You can meet people who may have insight into legal aspects of divorce or financial aspects of divorce or say the marital home, which is what Joan's specialty is. And what Joan tells me is that when she went through her own divorce, there was a dearth of resources out there. So she started this group and it has grown immensely. And I'll tell you, I was introduced to Joan through an email she sent me after I did that Colorado Independent Publishers thing several months ago, whenever that was. We were finally able to reconnect here, and I'm so glad we did, because Joan is an absolute ray of sunshine. She is providing a resource where none previously existed. She's doing work helping people, and that's the type of thing that I love, an entrepreneurial spirit combined with trying to help those in the world who need it. It's fantastic. I adore Joan. I'm glad she reached out to me and we had a tremendous conversation. We'll get to her episode in just a second, but first, we'd like to give a shout to our sponsor, Four Degrees, the number four, D E G R E dot E S. If you're doing anything online, whether it's building a website, reaching out to people through social media, or advertising, Four Degrees has the solutions you need to get to the people who need to hear your message most. Not only do they have the practical tools, not only do they have the messaging skills, but they can also understand the audiences that you need to touch and the best ways to do them. And the cost is fantastic. 
There is no one better at conducting business in the online space than four degrees. Congratulations to them. They just opened a DC office, so they are growing by leaps and bounds, and I'm proud to feature them here on the John of All Trades podcast. Check them out on the web, the number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Now, let's get to this week's episode. It's number 205. I've got Joan Rogliano. She is the founder of the Wildflower Group and also a realtor at the Rogliano Real Estate Group, and her episode starts right now. I found it fascinating, and I was sorry to see that he didn't get the Golden Globe. Oh, okay. It was beautifully done. I mean, I like the story, but it was just really beautifully done, and the way he did the concerts. Right. Yeah. Did I, you Did you see the original one? They I probably out? did a long time ago. <laughs> Maybe I saw the Barber story. There are like four of them, aren't there? I, I think? think so. I mean, the one I'm thinking of was from like the 70s, and I think that I think was that Streisand. That was Streisand and um, Chris, what's his name, with the gravelly voice. Oh, yeah. Christofferson. Oh, Chris Christofferson. Yeah. One of the highwaymen. Yeah. Uh, He's really cool. Yeah, my wife's a big Willie Nelson fan uh, and loves the highwaymen. Willie Nelson. So, (laughs) but yeah, no, we love Willie and Johnny and Chris Christofferson and Waylon Jennings. Oh, yeah. I saw Merle Haggard up at Cheyenne Frontier Days one time. Wow. That was cool. You're going way back. (laughs) That was a good, well, actually, that was in like 2012. Was it? Well, I mean, when they started. Oh, sure. It was kind of like my generation, (laughs) I think. Yeah, no, I mean, that's all that outlaw country stuff is. I, I like that more than modern day country. How come? I don't know. It just, mm-hmm. it grabs me a little bit more. And I sort of am a punk rock guy at heart. Ah. And that was like country's version of punk rock. Ah. You know, they're sort okay. of outside the mainstream. If you ever yeah. saw Walk the Line, mm. Johnny Cash was a oh, little yeah. bit okay. kind of off kilter. Oh, yeah. And uh, sort of bucking the, yeah, the mainstream. Yeah, Yeah. So I kind of like that. I kind of like that sneering (laughs) anti-authority kind of thing. But you look like, you know, the all-American, you know, (laughs) which is kind of, uh, that's great. Well, that's nice. (laughs) Multifaceted. That's nice of you to say. (laughs) So this is Joan Rogliano, and you are the founder of the Rogliano Group uh, Real Estate. Yes. And also the Wildflower Group. Yes. And you reached out to me because you weren't able to attend the Colorado Independent Publishers Association thing that I did. Well, I don't even remember when that was. That was months ago now. Yes, it was months ago. Um, and I finally picked up the threads on that. And I'm really sorry for the delay because I think what you do is quite interesting. And you sent me an email saying, uh, hey, I, I saw your video that I think I did with Cassie. Yes. Um, which was really, really fun. She's a force of nature. And you said, hey, uh, here's what I do. Would you like to get together? And I said, yeah. So thanks for being here. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I very much look forward to this, and I admire the work that you do. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, and I you, because oh. as I looked up what you did, let's let's talk about the Wildflower Group. Sure. Because give me the, the quick elevator pitch. And for anyone who doesn't know what the Wildflower Group is or what it does, give us the pitch for it. Oh, it's very simple. We are a divorce support group for women. Okay. And we are multifaceted in in what we offer women. And we decided to focus specifically on women because I can give you lots of statistics about how women um, are put in a disadvantaged situation following a divorce. Mm, Okay. And so what led to the formation of this? Well, my real job is I'm a realtor, as you mentioned, and um, I was going through a divorce. At the same time, a number of my clients were going through a divorce. How long ago was this? 
well, I formally formed the group uh, in 2006. Okay. So it'll be 13 years this, okay. this year. And um, I found consistently in thinking or focusing on the marital home that the women were being bullied, I will call it, and intimidated into making choices that they did not want to make because most of them wanted to keep their house. Okay. I felt the need to educate everybody, actually, because the, the marital home is the largest financial investment that most people have. It's also truly a lightning rod of emotion because uh, sure. this is where you raise your family. This is your oasis. And so the intent was to just say, take a deep breath and let's get some information for you to see if we can help you keep your home. Yeah. And usually we could. Wow. Okay. You were going through this yourself and I, I've seen on your website, you mentioned that there's sort of a a dearth of resources available to people, or there was previously, right. and, and there was a void there. And before we got on mic, as we were just chatting, you mentioned that, you know, there are arrows that point you in the direction of your life. And so can you describe sort of those arrows? I mean, I know the personal experience and, and looking around and saying, what are my resources here? How do I, how do I do this? But can you go into a little bit more detail on how that sort of led you to form this? Absolutely, because the arrows were really clear. And to your point, there was a dearth of resources. There remains a dearth of resources okay. because there are probably people in your audience listening to this saying, well, where were you when I needed you <laughs> six months ago? Sure. Um, and so what happened was uh, regarding the marital home is where it started. So I started doing free workshops about your options and how to find out if you'll qualify to keep your home. And the workshops were really well received and women would come in and they'd actually have one body language where they wouldn't even make eye contact. And then they'd meet Mary across the table and start talking to Mary. And you could see a lightness develop in their body language. And yeah. on their way out, they'd say, you know, I know I can do this now. And by the way, Mary and I had a really good time. Why don't we all get together again next month? Yeah. And so that was the first era where I said, oh, yeah, we could do that. And so we started doing events every month as a community of support, personal community. So interwoven in that was conversations that were informative to provide them resources. And we also had some fun. Yeah. Because your community changes when you're divorced. Sometimes, oftentimes, you're not invited to things you previously were. Sure. So you're looking to make some new connections. So that's how Wildflower has evolved. And then at these events, women would come up and say, well, have you ever thought about doing this? Or how do we find this resource? And, I'll, and then I'd say, well, uh, I'll just put it together for you. And so one thing led to another, led to another, to now we are nationally recognized. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, do you count uh, your community by number of members or, you know, how you, you mentioned you're nationally recognized, but are there like chapters uh, across the country or? There is another chapter right now in central Florida okay. and they're going absolutely gangbusters. My community physically is here in Denver. But with social media, we are an international community yeah. through because we have a platform on every platform, a presence, I'll say, on every platform. And we literally are being contacted by women all over the world, which is incredibly exciting. 
because we share this divorce has a common thread. Sure. Is there, and I, I don't mean to diminish anything you're saying. Is there like a, com- a compensatory sort of men's side to this? Is there a community for divorced men or is that something that, I mean, that's not your focus. That's not my focus, but it has become a focus there because I'm also being contacted by the organizers of these men's group. Oh, sure. Um, I think it was last year I did a video interview with a gentleman who was starting a men's group here in in Colorado. Interesting. And so, yeah, it's growing. Yes, it's definitely growing as far as men are concerned as well. And there are law firms, I'm understanding, that are concentrating specifically on helping men in Mm. the divorce process. Well, I certainly hope that you know, the two sides aren't necessarily retrenching, you know, against mm-hmm. each other. That, I mean, that to me, the thrust of your group based on what I've read and what you've just expressed is is very light and very uplifting and, and designed to, you know, build a community, you know, whereas I think you could view it from the outside and being like, oh, I hope this isn't turn into some woman versus men thing. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And interestingly, in all the years I've been doing this and been doing interviews, no one has raised that question. Interesting. But I think it's a very valid question, and I think you're very astute to ask that question. So I will emphasize we chose the name Wildflower Group because we are about encouraging women to blossom. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you about the name. Yes. That's where it comes from. So there is no male bashing allowed. You are, if you want a pity party, you get a pity party for maybe two minutes and then we're moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Because we are about supporting one another and empowering women to create the best world for themselves and their children if, you know, their children involved. Sure. Yeah. So that, I I think that's a very good question that you asked. Well, and I think it's interesting to me because I'm always interested in issues of identity. You know, we, we had talked about, uh, my voice, you know, I'm I'm doing my podcasting persona. I certainly have uh, a different presence when I'm a dad. Um, I have a different presence when I'm with my friends and I'm just, you know, sort of shooting the breeze with them. Divorce is interesting to me because, and, and it's not something I've experienced personally, and I certainly hope I never have to, but you are defined in a lot of ways through your partner. So refiguring out who you are and almost in some ways rebuilding or reconstituting an identity has got to be a daunting process, especially if you're going at it alone. Is that something that you found? Absolutely. And I'll share with you a personal note that the first weekend, I had two children when I was getting divorced, 11 and 15, and the first weekend that they left to be with their dad, I remember, I know just where I was in the family room, and I sat down and I cried. Yeah. And I said, well, what do I do? Where do I go? And because that was such a paramount definition of my life and who I was and yeah. was a priority... As you you find your way, it then becomes an opportunity for you yeah. as this single mom or single dad. I found it to be as well in, in, in talking with our wildflowers. It takes a little bit of time kind of to find your path. Sure. But then what you do, it's exciting because now you can create a new aspect to your life, which I honestly find helps you to be a better parent. 
100%. And what's interesting to me is I'm at the age now where I'm starting to see people get divorced more, more frequently yeah, than, right. you know, so like in your mid thirties, mm-hmm. it's going to start happening. Mm-hmm. And up to that point, we said, my wife and I said to each other, like, it's remarkable that none of our friends have gotten divorced. Well, that's no longer true. Right. And on, on one hand, that's sad. On another hand, it's been interesting to see the people that they've become a part. Mm-hmm. And one thing my wife and I have said to each other is we feel very fortunate that as you grow, as you age, as you change, you are going to necessarily evolve. And we feel very fortunate that we've evolved in a very similar way together. And some of that is work. Some of that is skill. Some of that is communication. But a lot of it's luck. I mean, there there are people, I think, who just by virtue of going through life will change. Mm-hmm. And they change in different directions. And I mean, sometimes that's sad. And sometimes it's like, hey, you know what? Maybe you guys are better off apart. That's absolutely the case because before I started all of this and I myself was divorced, if someone said, well, we're getting a divorce, I think the common comment was, I'm so sorry to hear that. Right. And in reality, it it is frequently, to your point, it is frequently for the best. Each individual is going to be for the best and it is for the best as far as the children are concerned too. No, you. I believe you can't pass judgment on anybody. And as you said earlier, off mic, mm. we're all doing the best that we can. Right. And that's that's all we can do. Yeah, uh, I know Plato wrote about the fractured self, mm-hmm. and what I'm remembering that because what you said to me about the first weekend your kids were away. We're friends with uh, with a couple at my kid's school, and they're currently going through the process of getting divorced. And I was thinking about how different that would be because for half the week, they are single parent, essentially. And the other half, they're bachelor or bachelorette. And I thought, those are two very different identities. Right. And as I was talking about this with my dad, my dad said, and you really have to live them both. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to put your full self into both of those identities. What kind of challenge is that like? Well, it's a huge challenge. But it's also customized now, um, mm-hmm. I'm finding, where I've heard of families who are divorcing, but the marital home remains the marital home. And there's a lot of uh, one week on, one week off. Mm -hmm. So during your on week, you are moving into the home to stay with the children. Oh, my. So the kids don't have to go back and forth. So the kids have a stable home environment, at least physically. Yeah. And they're not uprooted because it's difficult to think, well, the kids every other week are in a different place and that gets confusing for them. And their routines become different. Yeah. And and my kids, when they're out of routine, man, they're bouncing off the walls. Yeah. It's really, really important. And so I think it takes a certain kind of divorce collaboration in order that isn't for everybody (laughs) needless to say (laughs) sure but when it works it seems to be really advantageous to all yeah that's i mean that's fascinating to Mm me um i i had actually never heard that before that you're you're the first person to ever uh broach that with me oh wow so if you have a divorce question (laughs) i'm your person Uh, clearly (laughs) uh what's funny to me is um and you kind of answered this question already because you see these people, you help these women make connections with each other and you help them grow and evolve and move on to the next phase of their life. But you are still through the wildflower group rooted in uh, a thing that is 
painful. You know, I, right. I mean, divorce, there's, I, I hate to bring up this person given uh, his personal history, but Louis C.K. has a joke mm-hmm. about, he's like, P- exactly what you said. I'm sorry you got divorced. And he said, look, happy people don't get divorced, okay? He's like, the fact that we're divorced mm-hmm. now, we're better for it. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, going through the process has got to be painful. So I'm wondering for you, given that you are surrounded by this at all times, does it ever wear you down? Does it ever wear you out? Oh, there are moments when it does, of course. But over the years, I have learned to um, address that for myself. I, I'm a runner. I run a few extra miles. Okay. I, I take a breath. I do meditation. You know, I, we were talking about movies earlier. I go to a movie. So I know that self-care is really, really important. And, and thank you for asking that question. And it is painful. And um, the interesting thing I have found over the years also is at the events I was referring to earlier, when I first started this, I'd be speaking to someone I had never met before. And this woman would be saying to me, I I, this pain and anxiety, I don't know if I'm going to survive this. Her next statement was, could you put me on a committee at Wildflower, though? Uh Because I need to help other women. And I didn't understand that at first. Through all of this pain, they feel the need to help somebody else. And then I have since learned that, in fact, that's a very large step towards healing. And so now I don't kind of you know, drop my jaw and say, well, what are you saying? (laughs) Which I used to do probably inappropriately. And I say, you know, absolutely. Tell me, tell me where you fit in. Tell me what you want to do. And if it doesn't exist, I'll create it for you. Wow. You know, that's actually incredibly insightful. And I never put those pieces together myself either, but I, I'm prone to anxiety and depression. I, as many, we, many people most are. Most of us are, yeah. And I find one of the things that, that helps me get out of my funk is service. Mm-hmm. When you feel like the well is empty, there's still something there and you give it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Suddenly your well is full again. Yeah. It's weird. It It is, but I have seen this create a physical change in a woman where her, again, her body language changes. Sure. And then I see her in action at an event and it's transformative. And she will then comment on, you know, this how much this being of service is helping her, which in turn is helping her children. Because what we really don't want to lose sight of is that the children are reaping a lot of this just in the trickle-down effect of when the parents are in a very stressful situation, then it's going to manifest itself in the interaction. Yeah, no, that kids. that certainly makes uh, a lot of sense. So in a lot of ways, your organization ends up becoming self-sustaining in ways that you probably never pictured because these women come in and they go, God, I need help. And then they help others. And all of a sudden, you've got this great cycle of goodness of people helping each other. And right. you go, I am just a facilitator here. Absolutely. And I, I take a step back. Sure. And we have just created an online forum. I, this is a dream I have always had. And we now have an interactive forum online where you you can be in the UK and post a question that you might have. Nice. And then I will answer it or somebody who is more well-versed. Or women can interact with one another. If you're in Denver and there's a concert you want to go to but you don't have anybody to go to go <laughs> right. with – Post it on the forum. Sure. And that way, the goal is to create this 
line of communication. Right. One of the things we hadn't talked about was the fact that this is not just divorced women, but sometimes widowed. Yes. So the age range of the women in your group is from what to what? Mid-20s to 80s. Wow. And the average age, a little-known fact, is the average age of a widow now is 56. Jeez. Very young. Why? What? What is that attributed to? I, because I people are living longer. <laughs> yeah, they wow. are. But I think it's also the stress level. And uh, what goes hand in hand with that is the largest demographic for divorcing couples is the boomers. Oh, okay. Those in their 50s plus. Um, and there are a lot of white papers that have been written as to why that is. Mm-hmm. But that divorce rate has doubled in the last 20 years. Oh, and my. the projection is that that's going to continue, which presents, we found through Wildflower Group, a particular issue because while generally the kids are gone, a lot of these boomer women in particular were getting ready for retirement. Mm-hmm. Well, when you go through a divorce, you have to do a financial disclosure, oh, sure, yeah. and they find there are no assets. Oh, yee. Yeah. So that's a huge, huge problem, which we are helping them to address. I, they haven't worked in a while. They've right. had part-time work. Now there's no retirement. Who's going to hire them? How are they going to up their game? It's it's a very serious issue for these boomer women. Yeah, and and I would say genera- generationally, and I know this because uh, a family friend recently passed on, and his wife is dealing with the finances, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know everything that you know. It, generationally, there wasn't the the communication between husband and wife that Mm -hmm. I think there probably is to a greater degree now. Mm -hmm. And I'm making this up. I'm totally speculating. You might know that a little bit more tangibly. But, you know, she's having her kids having to chase down some of this stuff. Right. Because it wasn't all known to her. Right. And I don't want to burst your bubble, but I have to. In that, I thought it was generational as Uh well. But the 20, 30-something... It's not? ...are still not informed. Wow. So we are on um, a new mission to get this information, and, and I laugh sometimes with my wildflowers saying, you know, we need, to, we need to get into the middle schools and tell these young women they really need to pay attention and yeah. they really need to be responsible. Yeah, and take care of your finances. Absolutely. Like- be responsible. But this is an area that, for some reason, finances – goes hand in hand with intimidation as far as women are concerned. Mm. And so we're, we just did a blog about this, and the woman who wrote the blog is now offering to do a free workshop for our women to help them to understand that this isn't rocket science, so to speak. And if you get your hands around this, the transformation we've seen there is the women say, oh, this is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> It you can know, be. <laughs> because I feel like I'm in control, and I thought sure. this was so confusing, and in fact, it's not. And, of course, we have a lot of uh, very trusted resources, financial advisors, and so on and so forth Yeah, to help with that. Wow. Uh, you'd expect that to be generational, but it isn't. That's Mm-mm. good to know. I mean, and, and, yeah. and a valuable piece of information for anyone listening here. Assert yourself. Have the conversation with your spouse. Make it happen. Absolutely. And if you get, if you need help, ask for help. Yeah. Advocate for yourself. The other thing we found in, um, this is kind of tangential in the last couple of years 
is the level of bullying and intimidation in the divorce arena Mm -hmm. against women has just skyrocketed. Mm. So we are also encouraging women that they need to, we need to put our voices together. And that's exactly what Wildflower is here to do. Well, and that's certainly a microcosm of the culture at large. I mean, yes, women, I believe that women certainly need to assert their voice, make it heard. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be backlash against that. But who cares? Make Absolutely. it happen. Absolutely. And it's so rewarding when I get a phone call or an email from a woman saying, well, here's what's happening with this one case. It was with an attorney. And I'm pretty well versed in that because I myself had five different attorneys for my divorce because nobody was getting it. And so I can say to her, go get something to write with, and I'm I'm going to give you some points. I know you're meeting with your attorney on Monday. Here's what you say, and we're just going to stick to these three points. Yeah. So I give her ammunition, and I give her real tools that she can use to find her voice. And she's saying... I can say that? Well, yeah, because he or she works for you. And then I get a call from her a couple of days later, and she's in tears saying, Joan, it worked. (laughs) That's great. The whole dynamic changed. Well, I I don't want you to give up any of your proprietary information here, but could you give me an example of something that a woman might say to her attorney that that will change the conversation the way that you just articulated? Um, Yes, this given, I'll give you an, an exact example of what happened. She and her attorney were to schedule a meeting with her soon-to-be ex and his attorney. And she kept saying to the attorney, I'm not ready to do this because I have more homework I need to do. And the attorney was saying, we're moving forward. Yeah, we're right. moving forward. I've scheduled the date. This is the way it's going to be. And she just put her foot down and said, I told you I'm not ready. You work for me. I need you to advocate for me. And furthermore, I know you have this date scheduled. I can't make that date, and I'm not going to be there. Yeah. So you need to reschedule. Great. And it worked. Wow. That, well, I mean, that, and that seems like such intuitive advice, but it's easy to get intimidated by an attorney. Well, it's also, and I can go back there in a nanosecond, you think of what this woman in particular is experiencing. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't have a roadmap to divorce for the most part. Frequently, people don't even understand what the steps are and what the timeline is. Well, who would be equipped for that, right? Uh, Up front. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so you're feeling anxiety. Frequently, they have been intimidated by their soon-to-be ex-spouse. And so their voice has become diminished. Sure, yeah. And they feel very alone. And that's probably one of the common, most common things people say is, I feel so alone. I know my family's trying to help me, and I've got some good friends, and you know, my religious organization is there for me. But... They don't get it. And so they can come to Wildflower Group and feel yeah. safe because we don't judge. And, hey, we've been there. Absolutely. And a lot of that support, you know, it'll be sort of facile. You know, it'll be sort of superficial. It's there and you appreciate it. But it's like, look, I'm in the trenches here. Right. Okay? I need some honest to God tools. Like, right. I, you know, I, I don't I don't need cookies here. Right. I need a shovel. 
Yeah. Right? And yeah. I need a flashlight. And you need like, you need some tools. You need a toolkit because exactly. because what happens with these um, well intentioned friends and family members are sometimes people think divorce is contagious. Uh huh. And so (laughs) they don't really want to talk about what you're going through because I'm afraid Ah. that I'm going to be brought into this and this just really scares me to death. Or they truly see the pain that you're in and they want you to feel better. Yeah. And, you know, I I truly believe that people have the best of intention again, but um, it's, it's just sometimes not conducive to what you need, the support that you need. Well, the road to hell, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. Yeah, it absolutely can be. Um, I want to I pivot slightly because the Wildflower Group, you mentioned on your website, really leveled up and pivoted and gained more prominence by virtue of being on the Today Show. And I'm curious how that opportunity arose. It was organically. I, I feel as though my intention is to reach as many women as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. I had a real estate client here in Denver who was a reporter, a TV reporter, and um, she's become a really good friend. And when Wildflower was starting, she helped me get the media exposure that we needed. She is now in D.C. and has remained a really good friend, and she works for NBC. Oh, cool. All right. And I said to Melissa, we're ready for the big time. I need to really push this out there. My goal is to get on the Today Show. How do I do that? Yeah. And so she helped me to connect with the person to help me connect with the person and so on and so forth. I made the pitch. And um, because this is a really popular topic, they were obviously very interested. And it wasn't a one and done. You you can't be a shy flower no. in in this kind of media quest. You know, you have to as they say, you have to stay with them because you know, we were scheduled actually to be on Good Morning America years ago mm-hmm. and we got bumped because I can't recall what was happening then, but the world was blowing up. Oh, sure. And so you're scheduled, you get bumped, and you call them back and say, we're still here, you know, <laughs> penciling us back in. Well, and knowing what I know about how the media works, because I do PR for yeah. a living, um, <laughs> the, the story like yours is sort of an evergreen one. And, yes. and they'll go out and shoot those occasionally. I, I had one with my corporate gig that we did, and they said it was going to air this day. Mm-hmm. It didn't air until three weeks later. Right. And so they'll have so many of those in the can for when it's a slow news day, quote unquote. And you're right. You got to stay on top of them because otherwise they'll forget you and they'll flush it. Yeah. And we we shot in September. We aired in January because that's how it (laughs) worked. But as you mentioned, I have yet in the 12 years, almost 13 years, I've been doing this to meet someone that I say, here is what I'm doing, and this is my specialty. And that's all I say because they want to tell me about their story. Sure, yeah. Everybody has a story. Their mom, their sister, their aunt, a friend at work. Yeah. Divorce touches everybody's life. Yeah, that makes sense. So you become almost I, – I don't know what you what you studied in school or you know what your plan was, but you became an ad hoc therapist. In a sense, I did until I, you know, as you were talking earlier about wearing you down, Mm -hmm. it did wear me down to the point where I recognized, yeah, I have to run a few miles, extra miles and so forth. 
but I need to defer this to the professionals. Yeah. And so that's where yeah. I have a team of professionals, you know, mental health professionals as well, that I can say, I can listen, certainly, but then I recognize this is over my head. Yeah, I'm out of my depth need, here. Uh, yeah, and, and you need professional help. And yeah. I'm I'm happy to refer you to one of these three people. Well, and I would say in terms of, you know, your other day job, you know, working in real estate, having been married to a former realtor, I know that she served as therapist and counselor <laughs> quite a bit. Right. Um, how long have you been in real estate? Oh, well, probably 35 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've seen all manner of, was it all here? I'm going to write a book. Oh, really? <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. oh, it's all here. It's uh, my real estate. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. All in the Denver area. So, I mean, I've, my parents have lived here since 71, 71, 72, something like that. You know, we lived through the oil and gas bust in the eighties, you know, the, the economic downturn in the nineties, the dot com boom in the two thousands, right. um, the economic collapse in 08. And now the absolute insanity that we were talking about before we got on here of the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, these last few years in Denver and Colorado real estate have, is there anything in Colorado's history that compares to it? No, I, not that I'm aware of. Wow. Um, I was licensed in 81 and okay. um, I recall all those peaks and valleys that you're referring to, sure. but no, never anything, anything like <sighs> this. But now, and we all knew it had to correct and now it's starting to correct itself a little bit. Things Finally. are slowing down. Inventory is up a little bit. Interest rates are down in the last few weeks, so okay. we're we're kind of leveling out a little bit, which had to happen. Right. What would you say in terms of being a realtor? What's a more challenging market for you professionally? Is it when things are down and things are going in the wrong direction economically, or was this last one? Because I know from my wife's experience, it was challenging in its own way, uh, having this hot a market with this low inventory. Yeah, I think that brought new challenges. I'm thinking back to the the oil bust, as you mentioned, and that was really challenging because it was such an emotional time mm. that people owed more on their homes than their homes were worth. Oh, they were upside down. Yeah, and so it was the emotion of trying to help them sort through that, you know, as to what their best choices were with this incredibly hot market, as you were referring to, of, the, of recent years. Um, that was challenging because I think as much care was not being taken, in my experience, on the part of some of the licensed real estate individuals in town. Mm, right. Or the the disappointment of you have a first time home buyer uh, and you've written nine offers for them and nothing is coming together. Right. So it, it just, the, the landscape looked really different, but it was equally challenging for different reasons. Right. And you hinted at something and you said it in a very diplomatic way that my wife has been far more blunt about, but dealing with other realtors, I mean, when, when you have this hot a market, you are going to get Every Tom, Dick, and Quasimodo out there yeah. saying, you know what? I'm going to try my hand at real estate. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, the profession ends up being filled with rank amateurs. Is that frustrating to you? Oh, incredibly frustrating because it is not to the good of anyone. No. Um, it's, you know, whether you're the listing agent or working with a buyer, 
the focus needs to be on the buyer and the seller, not on the licensed professional, not on the brokers. And some brokers I found lost sight of that. Oh, interesting. Which is really, really unfortunate, but you you try and uh, diplomatically, as you say, bring them back to the point of, but this isn't about you. <laughs> it's about our clients, so let's see how we can put this together. So can we be adults here and... Communicate. Communication is everything. Right. Absolutely. And that sounds like a key to your success. Having done this now for more than 35 years, Mm -hmm. what else would you say is the key to longevity like that in an industry like this? You have to have a sense of humor. Okay. (laughs) And I'm teaching classes now about divorce and real estate. And one of the first things I do is I have these huge ears that I bought online and I literally (laughs) put them on to start my class to say, You think you know what the tools are you need? This is the main tool you need. You need to listen. Yeah. Because we're realtors. We know a lot and we love to talk. But sometimes you just need to be quiet (laughs) (laughs) because your client can save you a lot of time, make you more effective, help you to help them to reach their goals. It's just listening. Yeah. And having a sense, you have to have a sense of humor and you really have to, it's easy to burn out in this business because you can mm. do it 24 seven. Yeah. You really can. Yeah. Uh, you th- have and to that, create boundaries. I mean, that's true of any entrepreneurial venture. I, I'm sure you'll identify with this, but people ask me all the time working for myself now, as I have for the last almost four years, they say, do you work more? Mm. And I say, I don't know that I necessarily work more, but I certainly work harder and I'm never not thinking about it. Right. And I say, my job is never done. There are just times when I choose not to do it. Mm-hmm. Do you identify with that? Yes, you have to do that. It's like I call it compartmentalizing. Yeah. And you you kind of set up these boundaries, I call it, and this is where you put this within this boundary for right now. And you'll come back to it. But okay. that's, I think, the only way you can create the work-life balance, which which everybody is still striving for. And when you're in business for yourself, which you are as a realtor and and you are with what you do, uh, it's really exciting to know that you're working for yourself. Yeah. And so, and and when you're experienced as you are with what you do, you, you learn to work smarter. Oh yeah. Too. Oh yeah. That, that's a huge boon too. Yeah, I agree with you. And the thing that really helped me philosophically was when I started recognizing it as a choice, just understanding that it's a choice at all. And that was part of my problem working in corporate was it wasn't really a choice. No matter how busy I was, I pretty much just had to be there. And so I thought, well, my time isn't all that valuable anymore. Right Now that I have choices in terms of the way that I spend my day, my time is incredibly valuable because I know once I finish this task that I don't necessarily want to do, mm-hmm. there's something better on the other side mm-hmm. of that. And I don't have to just keep doing it. You know? And isn't that freeing? Oh, it's wonderful. And it helps you to be better in every aspect of your life because you are f- more free. You have more control. And you're more present in everything that you do, too. Yes, you are. Which is really, really good. more intentional. <laughs> yeah. You're more intentional in, in every phase. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I find in general, and I mean... You know, apart from some of the daily struggles, you're not always great at doing what we're talking about, but you try. Right. You know, it helps you be a better parent, helps Mm -hmm. you be a better partner, helps you be a better friend sometimes. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That's really cool. Um, Okay. So 
one thing I'm curious about going back to wildflower group and, you know, we've talked about real estate and obviously the marital home is obviously the biggest asset that is going to take up a lot of mental bandwidth for people in terms of what you've heard over doing wildflower group now for almost 13 years, you said, yes. Are there any lessons learned from all these women that you've talked to who said, not necessarily if you want to avoid divorce, but in terms of how you have a successful marriage, or I wish I had known this before my partner and I ended up here. Are there any common themes or common lessons from women who say, you know, this would have been helpful in my marriage. And perhaps if we had done this, we may not have ended up on the road to divorce. Or uh, is there something, you know, I wish I'd pulled the trigger on divorce sooner. Uh, any themes that emerge in that sense? That is probably the most consistent theme of, you phrased it, I should have pulled the trigger long ago. Mm. Um, and I, I have found over the years, that's what most women say. I, I stayed mm. too long. Wow. Okay. I stayed too long. And so that's great. You get to think about that for a few minutes, but you need to move through that because that can be destructive. That'll eat you alive if you let it. Yeah. And it serves no good. Or if uh, women are saying that they, I don't know if we're built for guilt or what, but <laughs> there is a lot of that in it as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I think also talking with other people and seeking professional help. And if, you know, before you pull the plug, so to speak, or you go and file, maybe talk to someone professionally. And if your partner won't go with you, then go for yourself. Yeah. Because that way, it's almost like you need to check these boxes before you actually file to know that it is time for you to do this. We get a lot of women who come to our events who are bringing their friends, their business associates, Mm. their family members saying, well, Joan, I'm bringing Mary tonight. She needs to get a divorce. Oh. She doesn't know it or she won't admit it to herself because she's really, really scared. Okay. So when they come to our events and then they see that, you know, they're women who are blossoming, who are thriving, who literally are doing things that they never, ever dreamed that they would be doing. Mm Mm-hmm. And that they have a community of support that helps them to check that final box and say it's time. Sure. And and if they can look at that and see these women who are blossoming and mm-hmm. say to themselves, do I have a partner who would facilitate and who would help me mm-hmm. and embolden me mm-hmm. in my own blossoming? Mm-hmm. If they say yes, mm-hmm. then great. You're in the right relationship. If they say no, get out. Yeah. And... it's very interesting what their self-perception is at the time they're going through this because I met a new wildflower a couple of weeks ago and she was really, really struggling. And Mm -hmm. I said to her, oh my goodness, you should have seen me when I was starting out. And she looked at me with such intent and she said, I can't fathom you ever (sighs) questioning yourself or ever feeling what I'm feeling right now. And I said, well... I'll tell you my story someday, but yeah. I was absolutely there. Yeah. This is powerful stuff, Joan. Um, and, and I think the work that you're doing is remarkable. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what. This is the part in the show where we do plugs. So mm-hmm. where can people find you uh, in terms of real estate? Where can they find more about the Wildflower Group online, in real life? Anything you want to plug, anything at all? all yours. Thank you. I want to plug Wildflower Group first. We have a wonderful website, wildflowergroup.net. 
if you don't find something you need there, then get in touch with me. You can email me at joan at wildflowergroup.net. You're welcome to call me. Um, We have a Facebook page. I have an Instagram page, Twitter, LinkedIn. (laughs) You betcha. We are out there. And then my real estate company is uh, Rogliano Real Estate Group. Fantastic. I will provide a link to all of those resources on the John of All Trades companion blog piece. That's J-O-N of all trades dot U-S. Uh, I'm also across social media. Uh, are you, do you have the same handle uh, all across platforms? No, but I think it, most of them are Joan Rogliano. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to get uh, mine the same across all five platforms that I'm on. So, Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, it was uh, a happy accident, I'll tell you that. Oh, I was good. You did a good job there. <laughs> I do my best, and sometimes it's not just a hat rack up here. <laughs> so. You're not just a pretty face, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's nice of you to say. Well, I'll tell you what, Joan, uh, this was an enormous pleasure. Thank you for reaching out to me, and uh, I wish you continued success. John, I can't thank you enough for this opportunity. Truly. I, I really, really thank you from thank the bottom you. of my heart. That wraps up episode 205 of the John of All Trades podcast. Big thanks to Joan Rogliano for reaching out to me and making this episode happen. Joan, I adore the work you're doing, and I wish you nothing but continued success. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. I am a boutique communications firm. I provide training, content, engagement, and podcasting. If you're looking for a new way to tell the story of your business, I can help you do that. D-E-F-T. John of All Trades podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play, as well as about a billion other podcatchers out there. Just give it a search, hit that subscribe button, brand new episodes will come directly to your listening device. I'm also on social media. J-O-A-T-Pod is the handle across platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. The first job series and or episode previews go up on Mondays of each week. That's Facebook and LinkedIn only. New episodes drop on Wednesdays. Hope you're enjoying the first job series. Jones was quite amusing as she was a flight attendant for United Airlines flying those friendly skies. I just got back from a trip myself. It was great times and I'm happy to be back producing episodes for you again. Got great content coming up, so stay tuned to the John of All Trades social media channels as well as the website. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Tracy. That's good, Johnny. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. speak.